This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Mother's Day, May 11th, 2014. The Ripple Effect, Faith Families. Good morning, Connection Community Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We are, oh, thank you, whoever put this up here. We are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you for today. It's a day that you gave us sunshine, and there's such a warmth. And I pray that each one of us feels that warmth from you. God, it's no accident that any one of us are here today. Open our hearts so that we might be changed and transformed by your love. We pray this in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. So it is a special day, Mother's Day. And for some of us, the thought of Mother's Day brings much joy. When I think about our ki- my kids, our kids, and grandkids, so much joy, so much joy. And for others, Mother's Day brings some pain. For some, peace. And for others, some grief. I know for a number of us here today, it's the first Mother's Day we've had without our moms. You know, no mom is perfect. Some uh, seem a little bit more on this side of perfection than others this side of perfection. But here's the bottom line. All moms, all women are human. (laughs) And we're all made with uh, this special wiring. And we each have our own challenges and our own strong points and our own points of growth. Today, it's important to acknowledge this. Good or bad, without mom, none of us would be here. Amen. Good or bad, without mom, none of us would be here. There was a mom out there that gave each one of us life. And if it had been somebody different, you wouldn't be you. God created you. God designed you. We're so glad that you are who you are and God is to, God loves you. God brought each one of us into the world. No one is an accident. And so God put mothers into our lives, both ones who uh, gave birth to us and also ones who loved us and became mothers by choice. Well, some of us, well, that, I'm gonna leave that there, okay. <laughs> So, we just want to honor all women here today. Mm. Amen. So today we'd like to share two passages of scripture from the Bible that deal with um, relationships and specifically deal with a um, um, relationship with mother. The first one comes from the book of Exodus. That's the second book, the beginning of the Bible, Genesis, then Exodus, the Old Testament. Um, We read in Exodus in the 20th chapter, what did I say? Something Nothing, wrong? I'm just okay. looking at you. You're so You cute. gave me that. What are you talking about, Alan? Look. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was Genesis, Exodus, but I'm, now I'm not sure. Um, 
<laughs> so we read where Moses, in this 20th chapter of the book of Exodus, he goes up on a mountain, and God, um, God gives him the Ten Commandments. Uh, Ten Commandments, I'm sure many of us are kind of familiar with, you know. The thing about Ten Commandments, nine of them are do nots, or if you like the, the King James Version, thou shalt not, you know, the murder and steal and mess around somebody other than your spouse, you know, all the thou shall nots. But there's one that isn't worded like that. It's interesting. Now, one out of the ten is more of a here's what you should do rather than here's what you shouldn't do. It's number five. Here's what it tells us. Honor. Say it with me, will you? Honor, Honor your, your father, father and your, your mother, mother so, so that, that you may live long in the land the Lord God is giving you. Pretty so it simple. says, honor your father and mother. Um, some of the commandments might seem a little bit easier at times than this one, like um, don't murder, although that one, you know. Anyway, <laughs> but this one, honor your father and mother, it might be easy for some, but it might be harder for others. It might be kind of a challenge. Now, we're not speaking specifically about the ones who necessarily gave you birth, but in addition to the ones who nurtured you and loved you along the way. So as an adult child, this commandment does not mean that we should do every single thing that our parent tells us to do as adult children. Because sometimes uh, parents may give us some unwanted advice. <laughs> Can we They're, get an amen on that? All right, yeah. There does come a point, though, where as adult children, we need to make our own decisions, decisions that are good for us, decisions that are good to our families. We are told to honor, to honor, to honor. To honor. Now, so that's the word we use a lot. And, and you say, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, the dictionary basically says to respect, to show courteous behavior. I think it's more than just courteous behavior. Honor means to actually kind of set them apart, to hold them in high esteem if we're truly going to honor. And, 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 and that's an important thing to do. Um, sometimes if we're going to honor, we have to um, not just say good things, but not say some things that we'd like to say, if you know what I'm saying. There are times where you'd, it's right there and you... And then to do the honoring thing would be better left unsaid rather than said. Also, maybe to not lose patience in situations where, I don't know, you know, sometimes there comes a point where we're caring for parents. The children, the child becomes the parent, the parent becomes the child. Do I, you know what I'm talking about here? And sometimes if we're not careful, we, it's easy to lose patience. It's easy to not put ourselves in their shoes. It's, all, it's easy to just... Uh, allow the frustrations to take hold of us but to be honoring would be to work very hard to not let that happen to honor then would be to reflect jesus in our words and actions not just with uh, parents uh, like older parents or whatever or <laughs> if you're a kid with the parents you got now or but with that with all that we come in contact with to be honoring to our parents to reflect christ in what we say and do so i'd like to give you a real life example of this um, gosh, back when our kids were little, Aaron and Megan and Devin were under 10 years old. Turner wasn't even born yet. And Alan's mother had a severe stroke. Alan's father had passed away. And so his mom came to live with us. So 
were a young, young couple caring for Alan's mom who her stroke made it so that she couldn't eat. She had a tube feeding. Uh, she needed meds to go in the tube. She had wounds to care for. She had personal care. And so as a nurse, that's what I was before a pastor, it would be really easy for me to just take over, right? Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> However, this is what honor is. Ellen honored me by saying, you know what? This shouldn't be all yours. It's my mom too. So he learned how to do that hands-on stuff, even stuff that is very personal, that you might think, oh, no, I can't do that. No, he did that stuff in order to honor me, but also to honor his mom in a very gentle, kind way. You know, you know how life is with with kids, you know, we're very, very, very busy. And here, first thing in the morning and last thing at night, a lot of care, like a half an hour plus of care, both of those times and times in between. And Alan, I just need to say you, you did it in such an honoring way. And um, it was a witness to, to me and to our kids to watch you care for your mom. Thank you. So, let's do a flip. <laughs> Here's the thing, if, if children are to honor us, if we really expect our children to honor us, shouldn't we as mothers, as fathers, as parents, as adults in general, offer up behavior that is honorable or that is honor-inspiring or behavior that is worthy to be honored, amen? We should work very hard to not to not make it so challenging for kids to honor us. See, the thing is, children, even adult children, <laughs> like right this very minute, are watching us. <laughs> our children are watching, and it's not just our own kids. You know, others, all the kids here are watching us of all ages. <laughs> And um, whether we're a parent, a grandparent, aunt, uncle, even a mentor or a friend, whatever, kids are watching. And, and whatever age, station of life we're in, they're watching us. And, and they're taking notes. Now, they might not have a visible notebook and a pen or pencil in hand, but you, trust me, they are taking constant notes. And, and, and what they're doing, I don't think they're purposely doing this, but it's just our nature. They're looking for discrepancies. See, they're, they're looking for discrepancies between our words and our actions. They're looking for discrepancies between what we say, what we do, but even more so between what we tell them, what we expect of them, and what we expect of ourselves. And so the mothers in the room. Our daughters, your daughters, are watching. They're watching to see if we are the people that they want to model after, or if they need to be just the opposite of who we are. Our sons are looking at us to figure out the type of woman that they might want to spend their lives with, or the type that they need to avoid. Hmm. And fathers, your sons are looking to you as either a role model, the one they should be like, 
or the one that they want to be the opposite of. Your daughters look at you to determine what kind of guy she might want to marry. Somebody like good old dad, or <laughs> she want to avoid that and have somebody who's just the opposite of the one she grew up with. Uh, so here's the questions. Do your sons and daughters look to you as a role model or as the one to be avoided? Our series is called Ripple Effect. Last week, we talked about what happens when a pebble is thrown into a pond, that ripple effect. Our kids are watching our behavior like that pebble hitting the pond. And the question is this, what kind of ripples are coming from our pebbles? What is coming from that pebble? What are those ripples all about? Because those ripples last for a really, really, really long time. Every one of our actions has some kind of ripple effect. Every one of our actions at home, at work, at school, in the community, with friends, with neighbors, with people who we don't even know, have a ripple effect. Mm. In the New Testament, there's a book called the Acts of the Apostles, the fifth book in, it comes after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four books about Jesus. Acts of the Apostles, it often is shortened to just called Acts. And in that book, we have a story that has a cool, some ripples in it. Chapter 16, we read where the Apostle Paul and some companions were traveling to share the good news of Jesus, and they had a route all planned out. But then in verse 7 of chapter 16, we read, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to, to follow their plan. It's interesting when Jesus does that. But then Paul, well, he was given a new direction and a vision from God. And Paul was obedient to that vision, and in so his obedience, he and his companions sailed to a place called Philippi. It was a Roman colony, and uh, the leading city in the region of Macedonia, that region of Macedonia. And, and here's how Paul usually uh, worked a new region. He, he would find a synagogue, which was the Jewish equivalent of the church. But the thing is, if there wasn't a synagogue in the area, usually the river was the place where the believers would gather to pray. And since Philippi did not have a, uh, a synagogue, uh, Paul and his companions went down to the river. And, and, and they found some women there and, and, and uh, gathered in prayer, and, and this is what happened. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Hmm. This is kind of an interesting story, kind of brief but interesting for a lot of reasons. One of his, Lydia is kind of outside uh, Paul's normal circle here. See, it says that she is a worshiper of God. She's not a Jew. She's, you know, typically Jews then would then follow Christ, but this is outside the Jewish faith but she's a believer in God. And, and here's the other thing, this little line there says, a dealer in purple cloth. So why, you always have to say, why is it included or why is it included? Why is that in there? Well, see, for us, purple cloth's not a big deal. But back then, purple dye, the way you got purple dye, was some certain shellfish 
had it in the shellfish, and you would click the dye one droplet at a time. Can you imagine dyeing a whole sheet or a fabric one droplet of dye at a time? How excruciating it had to be to collect from the shellfish and how expensive that would be. You see, Lydia was, what this is saying as a dealer in purple cloth, and it's other word for saying she's extremely wealthy. She's like rolling in it. Um, and so uh, Paul comes in contact with this woman who's outside his normal circle, but the Lord touched her heart through the message that Paul preaches here at the river. So much so that not only she, Lydia, but the members of her household were baptized that day. And, and not only that, she opened up her house to, to these strangers, to Paul and his companions who like, she just met. Now that's a, a big ripple effect, a big ripple effect. We're going to pick this apart a little bit, this scripture. First of all, we have Paul who listened to God's direction as God redirected him. He had plans to go one way, but he listened to the spirit of Jesus who led him another way. Question for us today, how often do we get nudged by God, kind of poked in the ribs to change direction, and we don't? It's important to follow God when God tries to change our direction. Mm. And by changing direction, then, Paul was in a position to be used by God to influence, to encourage, to minister to Lydia. He becomes the pebble in the pond, right? But what's really cool is then another pebble, because Lydia becomes the pebble. Because not only did she get baptized, but her family did also. And she, she's the center of this little story here. So apparently she's the, she's the mover and shaker in her house. And so she's the pebble. And then that whole, whole household gets baptized. She responds to the message. And then, then the household gets the benefit. She's the pebble. Now, each of our actions is like that pebble. And the ripples have an effect, as Carrie said earlier, that lasts much long after we're gone. Now, not all churches baptize children. Some only baptize those who are capable of making that commitment to Jesus themselves. But as you saw earlier in the service, the baptism of children here at Connection Church, and we're a United Methodist Church, it's important to us. Part of the biblical precedent of this is the scripture found with Lydia and her household. We don't know exactly the details of Lydia's household, but it would appear to believe that there were children involved. We are reminded of what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10. Would you say it with me? Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. You see, for baptism is like a two-part thing. There's the baptism, and then there's the confirmation. The baptism part, we believe, is a God thing. You know, in the case of infants or young children, um, we call it uh, God's grace, but we call a particular aspect of God's grace and love God's prevenient grace. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, talked about God's prevenient grace, that grace that comes before we even know what's going on. It's like God woos us into a relationship when we don't even know what God's doing. And that's the case of an infant. I was baptized when, I don't know, I, wouldn't, I don't even know if I was six months old. I didn't know what was going on. But God knew what was going on. The, the kids here this morning, God knows exactly what is going on 
in that baptismal moment. Um, and then the parents publicly profess that they will stand in the gap for that child, and will model behavior for the child, give direction to the child until the child's in a position to profess faith for him or herself. And then we, the church, we take a vow that we're going to uh, see that that child is surrounded, educated, guided, surrounded by a community of faith. All y'all. Seeing to it that the child is, is in a position at some point then to say yes to that relationship on their own. And so today we talk about faith families. That's what comes from the spiritual pebbles and the ensuing ripples. Hopefully, hopefully our home families are faith-filled. But we are just not limited to those families in our home. Connection Church, we're a family of God. We're here to support and love and care and nurture one another. That's why it's called a community of faith, a faith-filled family, a community of faith called Connection Community Church. And so we all function to walk alongside and nurture and care for one another. And so we've been talking about the ripple effect when we drop a pebble in a pond. Home, here at church, work, school, wherever we are. When we drop pebbles, whoa, that's a good one. There are ripples. Here's the challenge. Let's make sure the pebbles we are dropping are causing faith-filled ripples in those around us, our children and others, helping to develop faith families wherever we might be. Amen? Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for family, family, uh, biological family, church family, people in our lives who are like family. God, thank you for calling us together, helping us do life together. Help us be faith-filled people that cause positive ripples, faith-filled ripples, where we can be an example to those who watch us. God, thank you for the opportunity to worship here today as a family called Connection Church. Help us connect more people with Jesus because you offer us the most incredible life. We pray this in your name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, and all of Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302 378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.